I said, what you know about it? It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. And the room a lot. Hello, hello, you're listening to The Stew, it is my food podcast, my name is Jason Stewart, Andre Canaparo, say hello. Hi. Chris Stewart, my brother, aka Stu Stewart, not here, he's working. Nope. Putting in that Indian work, manning the tandoor, mixing yogurt that he doesn't know about apparently, according Mm -hmm. to last week's episode, doesn't really know what makes Indian yogurt. Indian, and I hate him for that reason. Singeing all his forearm hair. Yeah, and he has more he has more hair than I do. Sometimes I wonder if he has more hair than I do or if, or if just my hair is just a faint color. It is a food podcast, so let's get into it. You spend time in the sun, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking very tan lately. I'm actually burnt. Hiking too much. Burnt on my face from these Hiking things. too much. Yeah, a lot of outdoor activities. I just love it, man. How's your sunscreen? I wear sunscreen. SPF you do. 50. You do? Yeah. I wear sunscreen every time. That's why I, when I, I, I don't get burnt burnt, I get like, I get like rosy, rosy seared. Like it's not, I'm not burnt in pain. I'm just like looking a little pink around the forehead and it's not in a good way. Mm-mm. I don't think, I mean. I don't know. I don't see it. I think we, I it think. It was much worse yesterday. A friend of mine who's, who's got like some stuff going on. And they thought that they looked like they couldn't leave the house. And I'm like, you look completely normal. 100% normal. Mm-hmm. I think like we see things that a lot of people don't because we stare at them every day. Is that called body dysmorphia? No, it wasn't a horrible degree of like, it's not. Yeah, I mean, that's an extreme term for something that's like <laughs> really detrimental in your that health. That was half, halfway oh. a joke. No, but yeah, like in the way like I don't see you looking burnt, untanned, pink. I see you look like a normal tan. I look like normal tan or I look like a great tan? Good tan. Good tan, for sure. Good tan or great tan? Stay with good. Good, that's fine. We, uh, speaking of food, Andre and I went and tried out the Equinox Gym a couple days ago. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, they do have food there. And they do have food there. Man, oh man, I went to Equinox again today. Still on my trial and I'm addicted to it. That's all I can think about. Yep. Was figuring out a way where I can like somehow move into Equinox. I feel time. I feel like before and certainly when we went together, I was like, "Oh, Jason's gonna do this. This is this is literally this should be just called Jason's." Mm-hmm. What I mean, what do you spend your money on the most? That's like a waste. Like what? Like for me, I spend too much money on coffee. Sure. I think any combination of like. Food, eating out, alcohol. I don't drink coffee out that much. Maybe a couple times a week. Maybe once a week. So just the alcohol. Well, eating out, um, I would say... You don't really eat out that much, though. Or do you? I do. Ooh. I just don't eat with you. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, You just don't put it on Instagram, so I wouldn't know. No, I do not. What else? I mean, I guess I run a pretty tight ship, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I it's think. just 
Yeah, I think I feel like food and booze would be the easiest places to cut. I mean, I could probably kill my cable. Mm. You know, kill it. Well, it's the coffee thing is a weird thing. I could not own two cars. Maybe there's something to look at. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. What else? I could stop just like eating gold all the time. Eat a lot of gold. Shave a lot of gold on stuff. I've been thinking, I, sometimes I think about dumb food stuff like that. Like how everyone puts nasturtium leaves over everything. Mm-hmm. I want to I make a pizza where it's just every square centimeter of the pizza is covered by a nasturtium leaf. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And then I want to make a smoothie that has nothing but gold leaf dumped all in it. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell that it's there. Mm-hmm. It's just in there. Like just weird little food things. Talk about like performance that. food now. Performance food art. Kind of, yeah, but just yeah, just make a smoothie, a regular smoothie, and then just get that flaky gold paper leaf that people like put on top of food to make it cost more money. The dumbest thing in the world, I think, when people add gold flakes to a fucking cheeseburger in Las Vegas. But just dump like fifty dollars worth of gold leaf into a smoothie, blend it all together, so you don't even know it's there. Now you're now you're tickling my fancy. That's the kind of dumb shit that I'm really into. I could see that. <laughs> I could see that being a thing. It's not a thing at all. Will you eat? No, I can't. I mean, the thing. Well, what for, about, a thing for you. Okay. Will you buy the twelve dollar grain prepackaged grain bowls at Equinox? Hell no. Never. Hell no. So you'll go down a few blocks to the Whole Foods. Because for twelve dollars, I can go to Whole Foods. Buy enough ingredients to make a grain bowl for lunch at home every day for that same amount of money. Yeah, there's just something really nice about that. About just like the second you leave the gym, still glowing, hanging, still glowing in the shade of the tables. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it doesn't prepackage doesn't mean terrible. Mm-hmm. I've had those products before from Lassen's. They're pretty good. I forget what they're called. They're really nice. I also thought about, you know. So the gym we go to now is close. It's like five minutes for me. Mm-hmm. But this Equinox is like 20 minutes. And I remember bringing like a little, driver. little after. Thanks. <laughs> they, the party starts when I get there, dude. Um, but I remember bringing like little grain bowls and meals prepackaged when I worked at a gym farther away. So I could just eat afterwards and not like be annoyed. You like to munch right after. Yeah. Immediately, I like to go home, but I also don't like to like. It's a, the thing about raining, eating out in is that I have to consciously. I could eat out lunch every day, and be happy. But yeah, I don't. me too. I, I could. love eating out for lunch, dinner. I'm usually like I, I have the energy and I'm excited and I want to cook food, or depending on where people are going, it, it's I may not maybe I don't want to drop a hundred bucks on dinner. True, but hey, if we keep working hard at this podcast, we'll be able to afford anything we want. Anything that we want. Third car. Third car. <laughs> uh, if anyone knows how to make nasturtium leaves full size of a pizza, like a 12-inch diameter nasturtium leaf, just a one single one, let me know. GMO is A-OK with me. <laughs> uh, I, think, I feel like GMOs are going to make a comeback in a little while. I feel while. like that's a really important bumper sticker you need to have on something you own. GMO, A-OK? Yeah, is A-OK. And then just a picture of me with like an eyeball falling out of my head or something, or like what? What? What are the effects of GMOs? Like cancer? 
Well, what is the visual representation of all like native indigenous crops being killed out, all heirloom crops dying to a, a superior genetically modified product? It's probably just like a Walmart. Sure. Walmart like peeing on the earth. Yeah, like a Calvin Walmart peeing Calvin, on the earth. Yeah, Walmart logo is Calvin. And Calvin is peeing on planet Earth, mm-hmm. and then all of, and then everyone has an aunt or an uncle or a brother or sister or relative somewhere who like buys their produce at Walmart. Nobody who listens to this podcast would ever do that because you guys are special food people who are smart, sexy, and fun. Do you think you'll go to Whole Foods more? Because <clears throat> you claim to say that you drive there, you go your bike there every day. I don't go there every day. No. I go to Whole Foods four day a week, I would say. Wow, between the coffee and the eating out, I know Whole Foods is not much, but it's still ten. But 12. I'm, I'm cutting the I'm cutting the coffee out. So this is a done deal. It's a done deal. And when I go to Whole Foods, I manage to I can eat lunch there for under seven dollars. That's my piece with of, a drink. My piece of salmon. Yeah, but your drink's like fifty cents. 69 69 how dare you nice nice cold a cold club soda on a hot day it's great straight out of that but don't let these people think that you're buying a bucha and getting away with seven dollars that's i'm just for clarifying yeah i get i buy five dollars worth of salad bar salad yeah i eat four dollars worth of salad bar salad just mincing around the aisles yeah that's a pretty good move I gotta do that a little bit better. Sometimes I feel guilty about stealing the food, but then I see just like some old Armenian dude with a Bluetooth earpiece on, just like blatantly just eating a chicken wing that he's reached over the yeah, counter for, just brazenly munching away. And then I'm like, okay, we're good. I'm not that bad, but I will definitely like. I haven't been to a Whole Food Salad Bar in four years where I didn't take one grape leaf put it in the corner of my thing of my box one dolma a dolma yeah. ladle some hummus right on top of it and then pop the entire thing in my mouth and eat it like a <laughs> uh eat it like a goddamn california roll bite yeah like a little spicy tuna nigiri but i feel so when i go i always get a piece of salmon grilled and that usually is like an incredible deal but that's still hitting at six and then i need a little bit of salad I'm yeah, not, I'm not getting out of there for less than ten. That's Maybe true. Maybe if I'm not paying attention or I'm hungry and, and just d- loading stupid shit in that salad, fifteen bucks later, that's my lunch, and I'm like, come on. I know. Come on. Well, the problem with the salad is you got to start off small. Yep, your ba- your base coat. My base coat's always arugula. Yeah, but the amount of arugula you add to it dictates the amount of ingredients you're going to add to it because. You're mentally thinking about the ratio of salad. So That's if you just point. put a baby amount of your base coat greens, then you're going to add a baby amount of everything else. And then you realize that you're about to eat a salad that costs $3.80 instead of $8.90. Fair. So that's a lesson to all of us. Listen no, up, listen really up you point. fatties. I think it's a really good point, actually. Only put a little bit as your first coat, and then that'll dictate... How the rest of your salad goes. And then the high-dollar, high-weight items, hard-boiled eggs, things like that, where they're, where they're cheap but they're heavy, you just you have to swallow those whole. And you have to just oh, one I, bite I'm them. smart enough not to mess with the carrots, the cucumbers. I do carrot. I do a very little bit of shredded carrot, but, I mean, you can really load up on, like, oh yeah, those hard vegetables, and then, you know, you're dead. Dead in the water. Mm-hmm. 
So, moral of the story, steal a lot from Whole Foods. They're, what is going to be your coffee replacement program? You can start making cold brew at home. Yeah, I'm just going to make... I'm just going to... I still buy overly priced expensive coffee, beans, and then make it every morning at home. So, instead of having a cup in the morning at home and then a cup out in the streets from a third wave hipster coffee shop, I'm just going to eliminate that out. And also, whenever I do that, it's like a, a cortado or something with milk in it, so... You know, I'm not eating milk, which is probably not good for you. To it's eat. probably not, but it's weird. I, it's not that bad for I you. I do though. a decent amount of dairy because I really like it. Not a lot. Like dairy in the coffee, maybe a small, tiny glass of milk with a PB&J. Oh, so good. So good. Mamma mia. I've been, um, I've been doing savory breads with peanut butter and jellies when I'm feeling bad and nasty, and it's just so good. Like an olive bread with PB&J is so good. Ooh. Yeah. It's amazing. Maybe, what if you did a cinnamon raisin? Oh, that's a, yeah, that's an obvious. Yeah, we're not, I'm not to say obvious. But, yeah, so, so but yeah, a but more, I'm, a I'm less. saying savory, like a rosemary or an olive mm, on PB&J. Artisanal savory. Yeah. I think it's kind of getting to that same place that where people really like pickle and peanut butter, peanut butter sandwiches. I don't think they usually do jelly. Shout out to Grams. But... Those are delicious, too. Mm-hmm. Sweet and savory. Yeah, Grams is my grandma. She put me on to the motherfucking peanut butter and pickle sandwich back when I was just a youngster. That's great. Oh, it's great. Um, so my food things that we have done in the last week, it's been a long one. We were just talking about Coffee Maru, um, our beloved fave coffee shop in, uh, in Los Feliz, M-A-R-U, right next to Proof uh, in my top two. They started making this drink. I like posted a picture of it on my Instagram stories, and a bunch of people asked me about it. But it's a hibiscus agua fresca with cucumber, and I usually don't care about stuff like that. But they gave me a little sample to try it, and it was one of the best beverages I've had in a long time. It just like hit all the marks. So if you're in LA and you want to try that, you you definitely should. It's just is it sweetened at all? It's sweetened, but just. A perfect amount, and it has that good bitterness from the hibiscus. It has a cold crispiness from a cucumber. It's just like a little bit sweet, a little bit savory, a little bit bitter, a little bit citrusy. What if you were? What if it was? Has like a little bit of a cinnamony. Would it be just as good in cold weather? Not cold, cold, but it's been like ninety-five degrees. Probably not. It was seventy degrees out. Would it be as good? Yeah, seventy. Yes, it would. Okay. So good. But obviously, like, those special cold drinks are so much better when it's hot out. You can't have that cold drink anymore, Equinox Baby. I know. <laughs> I fucking know. But that's good. It, I'm, it's I'm, not bad. It's an exercise well, it's in, also, of in course you can, strength. It's also, of course, you can have it. It goes back to the point of, like, so I think I'm going to start a cleanse on Monday because it's perfect timing work-wise and time in between. It's the last one I did. And what it reminds you is like it's so easy to just buy that and just drink it and be like, yeah, I drank that. Uh huh. But like when you're thinking about it, it becomes a treat, and you don't have as many, and it's mm. even better that way. Yeah, if you if you, you will still get coffee out, but if you only have it out once a week, mm-hmm. it's going to be so much better than the all the aggregate of the five times that you had it. It's like, eh, here it is. Absolutely right. Bye. I think it's a good it's a good lesson in in mental and physical strength, like depriving yourself of things and 
It's like when people are trying to wean their themselves off of eating like really high fat, high salt, high sugar diets and then having more natural food like it takes you months for your taste buds and palate to kind of relearn how to enjoy eating like a raw carrot compared right. to a french fry. I will say, I mean, I agree. I, I for me it I usually do it for like three weeks, and it's right there. I'm back. Mm-hmm. I'm like adjusted, eating better, appreciating food more. I tried to do a month of no drinking, but it only ended up being two weeks. Two weeks is good. Two weeks is good. I'm proud of myself. Same. <laughs> uh, but now I'm, I'm having a nice Mama's Little Yellow Pills, one of my favorite beers right now. And the watermelon beer is my fave beer right now. The Hell or High Watermelon? Yeah, I guess that was my favorite beer last summer as well. Same. Last couple of years at least. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the best. It's so good. It's so refresh. It's like eating one of those... It's like a watermelon Gatorade or something. But who knows? It's hard to not have cocktails in the summer. It's probably the hardest time to like... That's why a lot of people take... They'll do it after... Um, Christmas? After Christmas or like after the Super Bowl... Or month of January. A lot of people do January, like was mm-hmm. it drink free January or whatever, Some, mm-hmm. something like that. Dry January. But to do it in LA during the summer, so many pool parties, so many hangouts, so many barbecues. And you're going to do it on Monday? I think so, yeah. Is, are you going to remove alcohol as well? Hell oh, yeah. That's like number one on the list. How long are you going to do it for? Three weeks, I think. We'll see. You're fucked. It's just, it, the other part of it too is that it's so, it's so work dependent and I, don't think I'm shooting for the next three weeks. Is this a cabbage soup diet? No. Is it God, gonna be no. a cabbage gazpacho? No. No, I don't do that anymore. Is this the expensive cleanse from your mom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's only like one fifty. Oh, okay. That's, that's, not, that's not that bad. Well it's three hundred retail, but she gets it wholesale. Swag. Don't, don't give away all those secrets, baby. Yeah. So let's talk about some foods. Um Oh, I'm gonna be boring for the next three weeks. Heads up, by the way, on the podcast. <laughs> so what'd you eat? Oh, kale chips are pretty good yesterday. I'll be drinking for two oh, for yeah. the next three weeks. Um, our friends at Wax Paper Sandwiches in Los Angeles, who had, Peter, he's been on, on the show before. We just visited him last week, but I just saw on Instagram, he just he carries Rusty's tor- potato chips at his restaurant. If you've never had Rusty's potato chips, made they're in, like my favorite potato chips. Made in Long Beach? I don't know where they're made. They're made somewhere in Southern California. They're SoCal. But it's kind of like the have a corn chip version of a tortilla of a potato chip versus yeah. a tortilla chip. Yeah, their corn chips are also like have a chips. Corn too, chips kinda. are delicious too. But their their plain tortilla chip or plain potato chips are I think they're the best of all time. But he, I just saw he posted that they're doing a collaboration special Rusty's flavor that you can only buy at Wax Paper. What? So he's getting his own special flavor of Rusty's potato chips, which is I'm damn jealous about. Damn. Right? Did he hint at what the flavor would be? I don't think so. So go yeah, yeah go follow Wax Paper on Instagram and check it out because those chips are probably going to be wild. Also, he when we ate there, they had a new dish that we had never tried that he calls potato and bread. Looks like a panzanella salad. Perfectly balanced with some... Wait, potato on bread or beans on bread? So the thing is called beans and bread. Beans and bread. Okay. Right? Not potato. No. Okay. Did I say potato? You did. Really? Yeah. You're kidding. 
No. <laughs> yeah. No, beans and bread. Uh, oh, maybe it's potato chips. Right. Beans and bread. Maybe you need to quit hitting that bong so heavy, baby. You know me. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, a panzano salad can be really unbalanced and like too vinegary sometimes or just not. It's just like it's just so perfect. Um, and I think they also can do their tuna salad as just like a t- the sandwich on greens. And so the next thing I'm going to do when I go there is get the little beans and bread and then scoop a tuna the, salad. Scoop tuna salad as the or tuna salad as the sandwich. It's like a very a celery forward tuna salad which I find delightful. It's really good. And also also smart for them because they get to use probably a higher quality tuna that tastes better and then cut the cost of that with <laughs> celery which costs less than water. And they're then not. you can make a nice sandwich. And they're probably listening to the stew in wax paper right now. <laughs> and they're probably freaking out. So if you're listening no, to this. I doubt that. If you're in, no, they listen to it. They listen to it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're crazy. If you're in line and you're ordering a sandwich, I hate you. You're dumb. You should not. I'm just kidding. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Follow me, though. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's incredible the, how high the quality of everything that they use there is. Mm-hmm. It's just... Sorry, it's my rice maker. If you guys can hear that going off in the background, mm-hmm. um, just everything that they do there is is I don't know. It's just like, it's like the best version. It seems like of of a nice local sandwich shop. There's just like the the bar is set so high for quality, and that they got the best veggie sandwich in LA. Oh yeah, baby. Mm. The rice cooker went off. You're making your famous Hainan chicken rice, mm-hmm. which. I think I've probably already talked about it on this podcast before a bunch, but no, I've never had a better Hainan chicken rice than what Andre Canaparo's white ass makes, and I've had it in Singapore. But it's also, I mean, you could make an argument, it's not, it's, it's not completely crazy original, because it's shredded. Like Sometimes it doesn't come shredded, sometimes it comes like as a quarter skin on. Yeah, it's a little bit just come as a breast where it's sliced into right. like half inch. So yeah, but like to but, describe it, it, I just want to, for the, anybody listening, it's not like the picturesque version of that you would see in a hawker stall in Singapore. It's better. Well, okay, thank you. Glancy. Keep talking. Mm-hmm. Keep talking how good it is. It's yeah, but I mean, but at, at the core, it's the same kind it of is. vibe you're, you're you're boiling a chicken with aromatics like lemongrass and star anise and mm-hmm. what else the kefir lime leaves and kefir lime leaves from your ginger. own backyard mm-hmm. ginger my Garlic. own balcony balcony we're gonna get to that in a minute okay. but um and then you you take that ch- chicken boiling fatty broth and then you cook the rice with that mm-hmm. never had it better in in the world Thanks, buddy. But I was thinking I really wanted, since it's so hot out, I wanted to make some cold spring rolls with that. I think it would be a perfect balance because you get the kind of the cold spring roll where it's like a clear rice paper. You get it at a Vietnamese restaurant. It has like shrimp and other things in it, cucumbers, vermicelli noodles, whatever, blah, 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 peanuts. So if it's the shredded chicken breast, Mm -hmm. some nice cucumbers, maybe some green onion, um, gotta have a little rice in there. But I, what I was thinking, if would if you, because sometimes you'll see like the vermicelli noodles in a spring roll, mm-hmm. 
if you cook those noodles in that broth, do you think the vermicelli noodles will retain that flavor hmm. as much as rice does? I've never really... No, I would... I would Because yeah, vermicelli noodles cook a, really fast, right? We could do a taste test. I would think, you know, absolutely not in the sense that when you boil vermicelli noodles, I've never noticed you really lose that much water. And when you put in... Like if you boiled vermicelli noodles in two cups of the broth, you're right. pulling those noodles out, and there's probably 75% of it left. And that rice, there's, no, there's obviously no water left in that rice. So mm-hmm. it's all in there. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it would be... I think it would be worthwhile and it would be good. But no, I think it would be different. What do you think? Can you think of another thing that might Filling? soak it up better? If you wanted to keep it lighter? Or maybe just use the rice. Who knows? I think what you do is you just you pack it in with herbs and veggies, so it's not like so the, yeah. it's not like a burrito where it's like all rice or beans and right, stuff like right, that. Right. You just do kind of like a just a little drizzle of the rice down, and then because mm-hmm. you're gonna want that texture and you're gonna want the flavor of that rice. So that right, like I can't imagine that dish without rice. Yeah, you're right. But it could be. But that's not to say that there isn't a great other different cool option. I just can't picture it. And then what do you use? And then you make like a dipping sauce for it, right? Yeah. What is that made out of? I don't know. It's kind of the ratios always change. But the basics is like the basics are like it's usually sambal olek, mirin rice. Sambal olek, which is chili garlic paste. It's like a sriracha that's a little more chunky with a lot more garlic. Yeah, it doesn't work as well with sriracha, but you could use sriracha. Mm -hmm. And then toasted sesame oil, rice wine vinegar, mirin. Fresh ginger and garlic, cilantro, scallion, Damn. and then some olive oil. Because you need more oil than you can put in just toasted sesame oil. Because it's, it's so, so damn strong. Yeah. So you're cutting it with a little strong. bit of olive oil, too. Um, and then some sesame seeds. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably it, unless I'm forgetting. Oh, some fish sauce. Yeah. So you um, can just take that and then use that as your spring roll dipper. 100%. That's what I would what kind of herbs would you put in there, do you think? Inside the wrap, uh-huh. inside the spring roll. Uh, I would do mint and cilantro yeah. uh, and green onion. Mm-hmm. And also, when I, love, I love when you do the spring roll because since the wrapper is sort of like a clear, translucent color, so then whatever you put down as your first ingredient will be able to sh- shine through. So like if you go... Why aren't we doing it tonight? We can if you, I didn't bring any spring roll wrappers though. You might have some. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, but also, I wanted to have it be cold, anyways. Uh, I wanted it to be cold as ice. Oh, so you're gonna take some home with you? That makes sense. Or I'll just come over here tomorrow. Or I'll just sleep over tonight and make it in the morning for breakfast. All three options are available <laughs> to you. But like, if you go and you get like a shrimp spring roll, they'll put the shrimp down first. So you see it. So when you so, and then when you see it, it'll be like, oh, there's shrimp in here. It's a high dollar item. I'm getting my money's worth. Yummy. Better value for you. Better value for me. So if you get that, and then you like you lay down some beautiful mint leaves first, and mm-hmm. then you put down some cucumbers, and then some thingies here, and then the chicken, and then the rice in the middle, and the little. It's like when you do a, a Thanksgiving turkey, and you ever done a design with like aromatics underneath the skin, so it bakes up all pretty. I ain't that fancy, but that sounds lovely. Yeah, it's like you, you, you. But you like, do it with leaves. 
You do it with like you write your name in sage leaves underneath the turkey skin. No, it's more like you get the skin loose enough where you can kind of look at it, and then you do some like designs with sage leaves, like a like a yin yin yang symbol or like a pot leaf. You do a pot leaf. Yeah. Have you, dude? What? We're just you, like the Bad Boys Club logo. What if you just actually literally get a pot leaf and put it under the skin? I don't think anybody would bat an eye. They'd be like, sick. They'd be like, cool, are we at a hipster LA? Is, this, is Vice filming this yeah. anywhere? <laughs> yeah, where are the Vice cameras? <laughs> we took a turkey and put a weed leaf under the skin and baked it for Thanksgiving, and, and that's it. We didn't do anything else with it. Roll credits, Watch band I've never heard of. <laughs> Me and Animal Collective are going to eat this Thanksgiving turkey oh with uh, this old skateboarder guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're watching Vice. That's the one. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's something that I'm very, very much looking forward to munching ASAP. Hopefully, it'll be a recipe that stands the test of time. I mean, when are you going to have time tomorrow to do that while maximizing your Equinox membership? Aren't you just going to be at Equinox the next eight hours tomorrow? Bitch, I don't know. <laughs> Get off my back. I have such a big day tomorrow. <laughs> I have to make a spring roll and go to the gym. No, no, I'm not going to the gym tomorrow. What? Oh, because you know you're signing up, so you're not like... I'm going on Sunday. So you know, like... I can't go to the gym. I'm, I'm going to try and hike tomorrow, but I'm like... I, I got a DJ tonight, and I'm I'm like literally like I can't even walk right now. I just got blasted so hard. What are you DJing tonight? General Lee's Chinatown. Ah. Um, what? what was I going to say? Um, but you take class tomorrow? We'll see how Daddy's feeling. Also, my house is a mess. I got I got to tidy. Well, I got a friend coming in from out of town tomorrow as well, who's staying with me. Hmm. It was a whole lot. Sounds like a lot. Are they gonna be impressed by your your spring roll? I don't know. I don't even know if I'm gonna have time to impress them with my roll, mm-hmm. but I sure hope so. We uh, pod pod listener do do ha. Uh-huh. And friend, friend of ours, she, she, if you remember her, we did an episode where she like sent in a bunch of weird ass questions and we answered them a while ago. Very funny. Um, but she's, she's awesome and she's very awesome. Her and her mans are super into food and they recently purchased and received the, what's it called? The rock box? Rock box. R-O-C-C. Mm-hmm. Box. B-O-X. I think she had to wait after ordering it. It sounded like a two months, like a jewel-like situation where you order this thing and then, or it's like when you buy a Tesla. Shout out to our rich listeners. I think though it's a foreign product, so I think like it. That's why it also takes a while. Is that it's heavy, or it's not? It's fairly heavy. A jewel weighs like a half pound. I got to put it on a damn boat, yeah, or something like that. So it was two months from ordering to getting it, which is just like. You pull the trigger because it's a, it's a fairly expensive little product. It's not outrageous and worth the money after using it, in my opinion. But um, you know, it's like six, seven hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, so to pull the trigger on something like that and then wait two months, it's just like oh, I'd be so mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> yeah, you're just chewing, chomping at the bit. Yeah. So what it is, it's it's part. Uh, if you're listening to this pod, you, you're a you know you're a food savvy person, but there's like a whole line of a market of kind of pro. Sumer outdoor portable pizza ovens, and, and pic- that's what this is. And picture them like the size of like two toaster ovens. I mean, like small. 
Like right. all the all the ones I saw reviewed, the top ones were no larger than twelve inches. That no couldn't take anything bigger than a twelve inch diameter pizza. Yeah, it Just is. It is smaller. Pretty small. Because when I picked, when you were like, "Yeah, she got a rock box. It's an outdoor pizza." And I was like, without having heard of it until I looked it up, I was like, "Okay, so like you know, like a big." You know, like like an Italian guy comes with a yeah, crane like, and drops it in your backyard, and or, you have to build a or you build it or something. Or it comes pre-built, but they deliver it on a truck, and mm-hmm. you know. So I pictured like four feet by like six feet, like a small yeah. or something like that. And this mm-hmm. is this is very small. No, this is smaller than like the crate that you would take your dog to the airport in. Yes, it's small, but then, but they, don't put dogs in the rock box. Look, who's to say if it's a bad idea or not? But there's there's a bunch of um, bunch of different ones of varying levels of quality and price, mm-hmm. and this appears to be head and shoulders the best one and also the most expensive one. I think it's like I think the next one that I saw kind of consistently compared to it um, was like three fifty or four hundred. So this is right. in the neighborhood of almost double, mm-hmm. but, but ha- also, hands down the best. It um so it it reaches nine hundred degrees. It can get up to nine fifty plus as advertised on dome temperature, which is insane. Yes, which is so so hot. And it it takes it, it says it'll come to that temp in a half an hour, but I think it takes a little bit longer than that. It seemed like it took a little bit longer, but it's also like the first time using it. Mm-hmm. And it, it can be gas powered or wood or charcoal powered, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And like the, the back unit, it has a little thing that you pop off. So you can just plug a gas line into it from your propane tank. It'll run 20 hours, which yep. is pretty long. And with that kind of heat, or you can just pop that thing off and then feed charcoal or, or wood chips into it and heat it that way. But once it got up to that 900 degree temp, it was one of the most fun ways I've cooked in a long time. It was very fun. Cooking cooking food at 900 plus degrees is insane. It's a wonderful feeling. Like if, so what what we did first was um we got a cast iron skillet, like a regular cast iron skillet that everyone has. Filled that with lobster tails that were half, <laughs> drizzled it with butter, olive oil, salt and garlic put it in the oven while it was like probably 500 degrees or something like that mm-hmm. cooked them up in a few minutes you know dipped them in garlic butter it was they're delicious so good and then they they had sous vide like a nice steak before put it in that cast iron as well you know a minute on each side just to sear it up worked out great and then when it was finally heated up that the pie the pies were going in and you you just slide it in, and you can see those the crust bubble within five seconds. You've got a three four inch tall, like a real daddy daddy bubble going on there, like the kind of bubble you could but burrow into and sleep for the night. I, I think it's very manageable, but I think I had a little work with wood fired pizza ovens before, but. You don't just like put it in, walk away, and come back two minutes later. Like you really just sit there. You have to get the steel in there. You have to flour the deck really well. You have to be kind of quarter turning it every mm-hmm. like fifteen seconds. And you, I mean, you really got to baby it. Yeah, in the a way pizza too. Co- when, when it was at full speed ahead, <clears throat> high high temp, the pizza's done in one minute. It was it was very and, fun. and I was literally doing that every fifteen seconds. You rotated a quarter, 
so it doesn't burn because the, 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 the fire, like one end of the oven is where the fire is at and the other end is where the, the hole is at. So you have a very hot zone and a much cooler zone. Yeah. So you just rotate every 50, 15 seconds and boom, it's done. Yeah. And, it, and to have, to go from just raw mess to like pizza excellence in one minute, I don't know. I can't think of anything else that comes together that fast. No, it's like it's when I'm making. Great. It's a little bit magical. It's it's kind of like when I make scrambled eggs, I'll do the same thing, where I just turn the turn the skillet on high heat for like five minutes, just blast it super high, butter, put the eggs in, and then just immediately take it off the heat, and then the eggs scramble. The outside is set, the inside's a little water, a little wet, and the whole thing comes together in eight seconds probably. Yeah. Bravo. Same kind of vibe. And you just have everything else ready, and then you just do that last perfect little thing. You have you done a fun. soft scramble with blended eggs yet? No. You got to like try eggs it. in the blender. Yeah, like Vitamix it for like 30 seconds. No. Yeah. Why? Well, I've been... Why? I think I talked about it, didn't I? Um, There's an article, I forget where, a couple months ago about... And the best way to really do really nice, light, pillowy, soft scrambled eggs is hitting, just dropping them in a the blender and blending them for 15, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it just perfectly emulsifies the whites with the yellows together. The texture is incredible and also aerates in a way that you would be spending a lot more time with. I mean, in ideally, I think you want to be pulsing it. Which is another thing that is so weird because there's so many food things where people tell you to do things and not to do things. And there's so many people that say never overbeat your eggs. There's, certain, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who say never even whisk, use your whisk to beat your eggs. Mm-hmm. You should only use a fork and just do it a little bit mm-hmm. because aerating it or overbeating it is the enemy. But then I've also made scrambled eggs where I whisk the shit out of it with a whisk and they're great. And I've used a fork, and they're great. So it's kind of they're like- different. I mean, they're definitely different. They're a very even egg. They're. I mean, you're looking, you're getting into, you know, it's a very homogenized. Yes, everything's feel. even everywhere. Texture's even depending on how you cooked it. Good for an OCD kind of person. Sure. Like me, I need my I need my eggs to be uniform. Well, I'll definitely try that. But also, that's the problem is I'm usually just scrambling for one. So, like, how many eggs do you have to put in a blender before she starts cooking? You know what I mean? How often do you add scallions to your scrambled eggs? Constantly. Yeah. I feel like if I make them for myself, that's what I do. I like to scallion all kinds of stuff. I mean, I like to chive it if I can. You know, if if you had a good week, you know, you'll get some chives instead. (laughs) If you're looking a little low in the old bank account, then you're just going to have to stick with a green onion. Damn green onions. I mean, green onions are so cheap. Chives yes. are so expensive. Yes. It's so well, weird. I mean, they're not so expensive. No, but farmer's market, yeah, they're very expensive unless you hit the farmer's market. And then, like, herbs are always like, any herb is a dollar. Mm-hmm. They're so, like, the markup on herbs in supermarkets is crazy. The markup is super high, and the quality of it couldn't be super worse. Super low, yeah. Like, Completely. if you go to Whole Foods or if you go to Trader Joe's or if you go to Vaughn's, like, but that across plastic, the board. That plastic package. The plastic package herbs where you're just like, I just need a little bit of cilantro. And they're like, cool, here's yellow cilantro that we picked in November, $3.99. Yeah. 
and it's all flavorless and garbage. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to a farmer's market, it's just like, here's, for a dollar, here's a bunch of cilantro that we picked this morning, bright, bright, juicy green, and you'll, ne- you'll never be able to use all of the cilantro before it goes bad because we're giving you so much. If there's anything, I mean, there's a lot of things that bring me to the farmer's market every week, but like the idea of not having nice herbs for the week, that's the, one of the first things I think about if I'm considering skipping. It's being like, ugh, I don't want to do this. Um, it's like, that, like but so, where so will getting I get those, my herbs for the week? Getting those herbs is your motivation to hit the farmer's market. Very, and lettuces. Lettuces are a big draw. I never buy lettuce. Always buy, buy lots You're a of real lettuce. lettuce muncher, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm always afraid it's going to go bad. But now I'm always drawn. Shouts to my El, Ch- El Machete boys, mm-hmm. hot sauce boys. I'm always curious because they seem to be having new hot sauces all the time. So that's now a new draw, too. That might be a little surprise for me. New sauces. Um, so, yeah, you should check out the Rockbox if you need an outdoor pizza you know oven or just an outdoor wood oven to make crazy stuff like steaks or seafood or just you know that's like the biggest trend in food right now is like a wood fire cooked anything i'm coming back to this conversation at the end of this show oh spoiler alert <laughs> okay yep. oh i know what you're talking about um but i made i made like Four different pies. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite one was white pizza, burrata, super, super, super ripe figs that were just almost melting, like falling apart in my hands. Still good flavor, though. So burrata, fresh figs, um, and then a little Parmesan. Put that in the oven. A little olive oil. Some arugula and some raw chiffonade of squash blossom flowers. Mm. Mm. That, oh, and a little bit of honey as well. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. Fun one. I also made a dessert pizza that did not go over very well. It was fun, though. Strawberry chocolate. Mm-hmm. Would have been better if a little, with a little whipped cream. Mm-hmm. Does it, has anyone ever made burrata ice cream? I would bet my left I'm leg. I'm sure it's yes. happened, right? Oh God, yeah. Sounds pretty damn good, doesn't it? You're not. A I'd b- like to try it first before you bought five gallons. No, I just like. I, I mean, I would like to see if I actually taste it or notice that it's. You know, I mean, broad is such a flavorless product. It's such a mouthfeel product that. How dare you? It's not flavorless, but it's like it's it's light and creamy, and it's usually a big part of what else you're doing with it. You know, you don't eat burrata by it. Like when you order burrata at a restaurant, it Unless doesn't come you're out real fat. Doesn't come out just as burrata on a plate with no salt, no olive oil, no acid, no something there. Right. It's you know, it's the it's the mouthfeel of the mozzarella inside and the creaminess. Oh, so yeah. how how that translates to an ice cream, I would be very curious. But I bet I'm sure somebody could do it. You know, smarter than me do it very well. But mm-hmm. out of, right out the gate, I was like, yeah, it's a... It, well, those are always my favorite kinds of ice creams. When somebody can pull off an ultra-subtle flavor like that. Sure. Like my favorite ice cream That's what I'm saying I want to try it. Plain vanilla, yeah. Or just like a, like a buttermilk or some kind of like burnt cream. You know what's fallen oh. out of flavor that I'm with my dad on this? It's his favorite flavor of ice cream is toasted almond. Toasted almond. Mm-hmm. I've never even seen toasted almond. Yeah, it's like an older, it's like an older, I think, style of or flavor of ice cream. 
So good. But it also, mm. it's on that spectrum of like subtle and the toastedness you could taste in some of the ice creams we used I to get. I could absolutely see your dad really liking a toasted almond ice cream. Or Just toasted, the toasted, please, that's all. Or a toasted almond milkshake. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Marianne's Ice Cream in Santa Cruz. Man, this incredible. Heat, this heat has me. I never want ice cream, and every single day, all I want to do is eat ice cream. What's the nice spot that just opened up in Atwater that you go to? Wanderlust. Have you been there since we went there? Eh, not really. I don't think I care about it anymore. No, it was nice. I liked it. I liked it too. Jenny's is still my favorite in the neighborhood. I think I like it more than Salt and Straw. Hopefully, nobody comes with me with a pitchfork. <sighs> That's good. They're all good. Oh, ice cream is so good. It really is good. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's like you try to, it's like something you try to stay away from so desperately. And you're like, if you want it, you're like, no, let's get frozen yogurt. It's fine. And then one day you have it and you're just like, oh my God, it's so no. good. I'm never going to go eat frozen yogurt again in my life. I'm never going to go to oh, Pinkberry. I really like it. I'm ice never going to go to Yogurtland. I think it's all dumb and bullshit. I'm, if I'm going to eat ice cream, I'm going to get a nice quality, full fat, oh, daddy ass ice cream. No, I'm so I'm still so down with getting tart with like granola and some cereal, like different like trashy cereals, and and eating that. I love it. Still love it. Hello, but I've ne- I don't think I've ever gotten a flavored yogurt from any yogurt place. But I'm not. I'm. I'm talking. I'm not talking about the flavor as much as I'm talking about like the quality of ingredients and like the amount of artificial versus natural. Sure. Like if you go to one of these nice artisanal ice cream places, it's like sugar, cream. That's and, it. Yeah. And eggs or whatever. Well, I can't argue any of that. And then if you go to Yogurtland or Pinkberry or any of these places, it's just a bunch of dumbass chemicals. I mean, it's, it's just like when you're Pinkberry's pretty bad. Like when you're drinking, I don't ever go to Pinkberry. Like full fat milk versus like non-fat milk that has a bunch of dumb weird shit in it. Get it out Grey of Grey Goose versus Four Loco, or like a Mexican Coke versus a Diet Coke. Oh, it's so funny. They were saying, I think that might be a total myth. Don't you dare. There, there was a whole conversation on Marketplace about sodas, and they were saying that the Mexican Coke is 100% corn syrup. What? Yeah. And I mean, I guess I want to do a blind, blind taste test, but the U.S. Mexicans are using corn syrup? The, but So the idea, when you see made with sugar, the corn syrup lobby or the corn industry was able to pass a bill a couple of years ago, one that made it legal for them to export corn syrup to Mexico because it's cheaper for them to do that and have the Mexico the Coke made in Mexico and have it come back. And also, oh. that when it says made with sugar, corn syrup qualifies as that term made with sugar. So it has to say made with cane sugar to not have corn syrup in it. Mm. I was just like, what? That's awful. But, I mean, maybe the, I mean, this is paraphrasing from the show, so maybe the show got it wrong. I don't know. But it doesn't surprise me that much. I mean, Coke in a bottle tastes great. But look, I mean, soda in a bottle tastes different than soda in a can, period. True. So, I mean, I don't know. We, we should taste test it. How much of a placebo it actually is or not. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, I guess. It's like that lore of, like, maybe 15 years ago was full-on cane sugar yeah. and that that story pervades even though like coke has capitalized on it and got and the corn industry has gotten to capitalize mm-hmm. on it and changed it and kept it quiet and i think i feel like it's, it's it seems to be like more and more people are saying that like 
Stevia as a sugar replacement really doesn't seem to be like bad for you. Like it seems to be one of those like sugar replacing weird things that somebody invented and stumbled upon and it actually is like it's a processed plant though, right? Working. Yeah. It's not a bunch of chemicals. I don't I mean, know that much about it. Cocaine is a processed plant, you know what I mean? That's not but, but there there's so many things out there where like But how stepped on is the Stevie we get here in the States is my that's question. What I'm trying to say. That's why I got Stevie in the raw, baby. That A1 Perico, <laughs> baby. That's that fucking A1 Perico. Give me your guy. Um, so, but you, whenever they come out with like, here's the healthy version of blank. Like, I can't believe it's not butter. Or like, you should use margarine instead of this. Or use sweet and low instead of sugar. Then everyone's like, mm, actually, you should just use the regular version of it because there's so much bullshit in it. But it feels like Stevia, everyone's saying like, no, That's the one. it's actually straight up doesn't seem to be that bad for you. It's kind of like vaping, you know? Like, it's been able to be... It's, nobody's proved it wrong, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. Or the like, whole Stevie industry just went, no! Or like, I don't know, like global warming. Like, yeah, obviously who's it's not to true. Say? <laughs> who's to say? Who's to say? Okay, what else did we do? What else did we do? Oh, I went to... Um, you went to Allen B's? I went to Allen B's. It's a infamous Mexican restaurant in Boyle Heights of a, a Jonathan Goldfave. Yep. Had their uh had their bean and cheese and it was it really was That's the thing to get. So Great. good. It's like I really it, it really felt like I was it kind of had a a, a really nice sushi. You have to describe them though cuz they're tiny. They're not they're, that, they're not tiny. They're like a bean and cheese from like Taco Bell. They're not like a like they're, they're bigger than that. They're not like the really? Yeah. I mean, I've been. I remember them being smaller than your average burrito. Like you would eat two. I did not. I would I did not need to eat two. Yeah. It's, it, it, I would say it's the size. You know, but like when you go to Taco Bell and you get a burrito, it's the bottom end of it is fat and plump and juicy with ingredients, and then the top end of it, it tapers down. Mm-hmm. Like a tamale or something yeah. like that, where there's nothing in it. So, like, if you're taking the first bite of a Taco Bell burrito, it's just going to be tortilla and air and maybe some shredded lettuce that somebody died over. Right. But this is a burrito where it's fully wrapped, full, perfectly evenly distributed log of bean. Doesn't sound great that way, but like, it really felt like the 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 perfect balance that I'll find in a piece of sushi, where the the inside is the bean and cheese, and then that's it, with like a, a green salsa or whatever. But the beans, they're clearly made with lard. Yep, as is the flour tortilla because it gets all crispy. Mm-hmm. And it's but, so light. But, but, so you could they're t- using, they're making their own tortillas. You can taste it, but it's not too much. No. It's, it's just to that perfect amount of lard where you're like, these beans are so good that I'm... I'm able to eat a burrito with just beans in it. Mm-hmm. Like the thought of just or the same way where like this tuna is so good, I'm I'm don't want to add any sauce or wasabi or ginger or anything to it. I just want to eat it straight because it's so good. And then that tortilla, it's just this kind of start starchy, floury, dusty, crispy. Like the mouthfeel of it is a is a little. It's a little rough and taut, kind of. It's not, and, and like the way that, and it's almost like rips like paper, but it still holds its shape perfectly. 
so that the outside has a little bit of a weird bite to it. The inside is that warm, lardy Mon- mush. Monterey, yeah. Man, very interesting. Yep. And their, and their nachos are also very interesting. That I've never had. They call their nachos a snack plate. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's basically like the, the styrofoam box, like the fold-over to-go box that you get nachos in. And then there's like the main compartment and then two little side compartments. The main compartment is just cheese that's raw on top of tortilla chips. That's it. Unmelted. And then one compartment is beans. One compartment is guacamole. Mm. And then they give you a little like styrofoam coffee cup with a lid with warm salsa. So they hand it to you and they're like, as soon as you sit down, pour this all over it while it's still hot. And that salsa will melt the cheese. So you take the lid off, you pour that salsa all over the chips, and then you take the chip, dip, run it through the beans, run it through the guac. And it's definitely odd, but it's really good. It's definitely like bare bones kind of vibe, but it's also like $5. So cheap. But you should, if you haven't been to Allen B's, I would recommend going there. It's, it's pretty tight. It consistently makes in the top ten of anybody's list of best burritos in L.A. Mm-hmm. That bean and cheese, boy, I'll What's tell you what. What's the one in Azteca that does the Reno burritos? Oh, I still haven't had that. We'll go. We'll get that. That's also really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and also shout-outs to Nicole Rucker, who's been on the show before. Her and I were talking about nachos, and she was saying that her move with the nachos, it's an old Rucker family secret for when you're making nachos or like enchiladas or other Mexican delicacies that you bake, is you put the sour cream in before it goes in the oven and you bake the sour cream in. Wow. And apparently when you do that, it kind of adds like, like it cooks it down, gets it a little nutty, a little like browned a little bit. But is it mushing up the chips? I don't know. Okay. But she said it's one of those like naughty things that, you like stumble upon one day and you're like, wait a minute, this is actually really we good. Might need a, we might need technique tip from her to make sure those, those chips don't get mush. Yeah, I told her to send me a photo, but she said, let me tell you what, they were gone before I couldn't even take it back. But Makes sense. if you've ever done that, let me know if it's tight or not because I'm <laughs> really trying to see how... Smash uh, that like. Smash that like. I'm trying to see what's up with... I'm trying to introduce sour cream into my diet more often. I, I am ahead. Sour cream is so good when you get the good shit, bro. Oh, bro. I told you you when I make my crunch tatas, first layer of sour cream. Yeah, that's your first one. Um, All right, Andre. We're going to do the best thing that we ate all week. Do you want to start it off? Yeah, but I don't don't deserve full credit because I used Dew's pizza dough. Mm -hmm. So this was at the pizza party with the Rock Box. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, we had made a bunch of pizzas, and I was, I was kind of having fun playing with it. So I rolled some of her dough at Shime, which was better. I don't know about better. Different, but certainly as good as DeSano's. I mean, it was just great. She made a really great pizza. She did a pizza. really good job. Yeah. So we, I rolled that out as thin as I could get it, and that was it. And then I threw it into the oven and made like this really crispy, really pillowy, airy, bubbled up incredibly, like a flatbread almost, and then just poured olive oil and mauled on and at some point I put some garlic on it and raw garlic and that was it. And that was like, I don't know, I could eat that at every single meal regardless of the type of food mm-hmm. being served almost. So it, was, it reminded me of that, um, the focaccia di recco thing from 
Yeah. From Kispaka. Right. Where, but they use like, they use cheese on theirs. Yeah. I mean, it was heavier in a way, but, but similar in in how thin and flaky it was. Yeah. But yours, yeah, it was. Mine was kind of, my, I was trying to do it as light as I could. And granted, I dumped olive oil on top, but like, just kind of like, what's the, cleanest version of something crunchy but it still had chew to it but there mm-hmm. were pockets that were just like pure cracker too it was great mm-hmm. um it was great i mean serving that with like steaks or pasta or seafood i mean it's like it's almost like a universal dish that can go with anything universal universal ah, yeah. i don't really have a favorite thing that i ate i mean that was really good those pizzas that I made was really good. The lobster in that thing was lobster really good. Lobster was really good. I went to Belcampo and had a, a burger and, and fries cooked in beef fat. That was obviously really good. Uh, I don't know if I really had one. I'm, I'm, maybe that bean dip that I made was... Bean dip. You made an incredibly good bean dip. I'm, I tried to make a, a vegetarian bean dip. that for was fireworks. Like, on for, for the 4th of July. So... I got regular, just vegetarian black beans, like Trader Joe's. I mean, not black beans, refried beans. Some fat-free Trader Joe's refried beans. I got a, a red onion, a whole red onion, did a fine dice, cooked it in um, olive oil and butter with ta- a packet of taco seasoning that you would use mm-hmm. to season up the beef. Mm-hmm. So cooked those down for like 10 minutes, got them really like nice and yellow and Mix those onions with the butter and the taco stuff with the beans, so the beans are really nicely seasoned and flavored. Smear the beans in the bowl, and then I get some dill pickle slices, cover the beans with the dill pickles, and then I got that El Machete um, Fresno chili hot sauce, mixed that with full-fat sour cream, and made like a little bit of a nice-flavored nice like habanero tamarind sour cream. That goes on top. Super, super sharp shredded cheddar, uh, green onion, tomatoes, cilantro, and that's it. Great. So not super healthy, but mm, not, not, super bad. Not, not super bad either. Especially for 4th of July. I made ribs. So. Oh, those ribs are fucking good. They were good. Mm. 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 And obviously the best thing that I'm going to eat all week is going to be this Hainan chicken rice that you're about to make for me. For well, you. I made... Um, I yeah, s- yeah, I, you're going to reveal your sandwich? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm working on this a sandwich idea where I'm trying to make a pork tenderloin, but sort of mm. prepare it like... Um, like lunch meat, like deli meat that you would get like if you go to a a sandwich shop and you order a turkey sandwich and they slice it, the big weird football of white turkey meat with the meat slicer. So I got uh, pork tenderloin. I brine it for two days with brown sugar and salt. Unfortunately, I put in lemon and rosemary mm-hmm. and it got too lemony and the lemon kind of messed it up. I don't like the lemon in it at all. So, okay. But other, if it didn't have the lemon in it, it'd be really good. And then I, I sous vide it at 140 for two hours. 140? 140. Put it in the fridge. So it's still a little pink. Just okay. a little, little pink. The outside is not. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy with how it turned out. The only problem is the lemon flavor just kind of messed it up. But I was going to do, do that and then um, have like a tuna tonato sauce uh, mayo as a spread. I'm not going to do that right now because I think it would be a little heavy. But it's sort of a play on like... Veal tonado, and then 
I'm going to make a, a pesto. I got some basil, some pine nuts, just mortar and pestle with a little garlic, maybe a little parm. And then toss some super thin mandolin fennel in that pesto. So it'll be like a pesto fennel slaw on top of the pork with a nice crusty baguette. And some damn uh, mayonnaise. We'll see how it turns out. Not bad. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We love you, as always. Um, our moms, Karen and Jill. What up? You can follow me on social media at them jeans. If you want to follow my brother, he's Stu Stewart. Andre Conoparo has no social media because he has not. He doesn't have the internet at all. He's still trying to figure it out. Darknet. The stewpodcast.com has all the old episodes on there. If you want to check it out and be a friend, tell a friend about it, about the number one pod in the game. <laughs> I'm going to New York next week. I'm going to be recording some pods out there maybe. So if you're in New York and you're famous, just send me a message. Bye. Bye. Bye.